Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to parenting that kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! Find an immediate connection with your child when they are struggling. This is just one tip I learned from today's guest, Marie Jackson. I invited Marie onto Parenting That Kid because I feel as moms, we find the best tips and answers from other moms who are walking a similar path. Marie is a mama to a highly energetic little girl who struggles with focusing on the tasks at hand. And although Marie does not base her career direction towards children who do not fit into the box, she has some great tips she leans into from her career as a professional organizer that help make her day smoother living with a child diagnosed with ADD. Without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Marie, asking the question that we can all relate to, a question that makes us say, me too. Okay, the first question I always love to ask my guests, especially Mm -hmm. if they're parents of that kid or a child with some challenges, is Mm -hmm. um, to share a moment that you go, aha, that was it. That was my eye-opening moment with my child. Maybe there was their actions or their behavior, Mm -hmm. or maybe their reaction to something that was really difficult Mm -hmm. for you and you felt stressed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have one of those moments? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I certainly do. Um, you know, it's, there's been more on one occasion, but one that kind of really stands out, and this was actually where she hadn't been diagnosed yet with ADD. Um, we live like three homes from the corner of the bus stop. Mm. And last year we were walking, it was in the morning, on the way to the walking down to the bus stop, it was me, uh, her, and her younger brother. And we're walking down there and her brother decided he wanted to go in front of her and started like being like, I'm going to be first. And he goes in front of her and we're like halfway to the bus stop. And she has an absolutely epic meltdown, like hysterical Mm -hmm. that he is in front. And I'm like, what in the world is going on right now? So I'm trying to calm her down and I, and I hear the bus coming. So it's pulling up to the corner and I'm like, okay, we got to get going here. The bus is coming. And I try to get her brother to come back. And I'm like, Hey, can you come back here, buddy? Can she just be the one to go first? And he comes back and she just wasn't having it. Like mm. that was it. And she was hysterical. And I'm trying to get her on her bus. And the, like my husband's in the, in the garage, like get her over there, just take her. And I'm like, she's hysterical, like absolutely in hysterics. And so the bus is in there on the corner and I'm like, okay, I, I we, we're not doing it like this. I'm not throwing her on a bus. Yeah. She's in kindergarten, hysterical. Yeah. That's the last thing I want for her to be like, all right, let's just get on the bus and go. And so at that point, I'm like, all right, the bus had already, you know, was getting ready to leave. I'm like, all right, we're, we're getting in the car. Let's go. So we got in the car and, and just went on after that. But it was just so defiant. Like there was just nothing that was changing anything. And I, it's like, you know, you're, I'm trying to come up with like, every negotiation trick it felt like in the book. I'm like, we can go get ice cream after school. We can go do this. We can do that. And nothing was happening. And I was just like, this is just not normal. I'm like, and I'm trying to find a connection. And I'm like, there is something is not clicking here. And I'm, and 
and, and what else stood out to me was like for her to be so upset over her brother going in front of her, it just, it seemed a bit extreme to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense for it to be that difficult to go get on the bus when she had been doing it for months already. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like this was anything new. So that was kind of one moment that really stands out quite strongly. That's a, oh gosh. And I bet you're just out in public. Everybody sees it. Oh yes. Everyone saw it and you, and you could feel it. You could feel the eyes on you and the judgment coming. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to stay calm. Yeah. And I drove her there and I was like tearing up. I was, I was driving her there because Uh I'm like this, like, it was, you could see, I, I could see it in her eyes that like she was struggling and it wasn't even, and it, and it like hurt me. Cause it was just like, I don't know how else I can help you right now. And mm-hmm. you just, and it was, it was painful because I know that it, like, something wasn't sitting right with her. And I just, at the time didn't, you know, didn't have the diagnosis. So I didn't know what was going on and it was, and it was just hard. And, you, and it was, you know, you feel embarrassed too. Cause you're like, gosh, I don't have like kids are that crazy and out mm-hmm. of control, but you feel embarrassed when, especially it's like in a public place, it's just, it's, you just, it makes you feel like so small. Mm. Oh, that's a good word. It makes you feel small. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Especially because their emotions are so big. Yes. So how did you are. care for yourself after that moment? So after that, you know, we got her to school and I felt better about it. I'm like, you know, I feel, I felt, it, it felt good I, that I just took a deep breath and I'm, and I just told myself, and I've done this since kind of we've had kids from learning through parenting, but is just no one, everyone goes through some type of public thing with their kid. And it may not Mm -hmm. be as extreme as, as that was, but Mm -hmm. everyone has gone through it. And I just tried to give myself some grace and just realize, okay, she had a bad moment this morning, but I'm not going to let that ruin the rest of the day. And I don't want her day to be ruined from that either. And so just just realizing that it's going to happen. It's, it's parenting and there's going to be good days and bad days and figuring out that, okay, well, we recognizing, all right, this was a bad moment and we got to figure out how to, you know, move on from it and not, you know, sour in it. Mm. I love that perspective on it. This is just this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we go on from it? That's really, yeah, that is, tr- that's something that we should hold on to while we're stuck in that moment. And it's hard. I mean, when you become a parent, you learn more, more or less too about your own self-control because you have to. And that's the hardest part is like, you're not only teaching them, but you're also learning about yourself and figuring out your triggers with what they do and figuring out how to manage the situation. And and it's all like, there's no like book that comes with it. It's, you know, you, it will book that's that will guide you through it. (laughs) But until you start to like experience it yourself. And when you're caught in the moment, those are the times where you really have to learn your limits and your patience and figuring out what works for you. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that is a great story because I think a lot of parents can relate to something similar. It might not be as extreme, but that's a a powerful one that (laughs) We've all experienced somewhere down the road. Yes, so, absolutely. Thank you, Marie, for sh- um, joining me today. I'm excited yes. to have you and learn from you. Um, and I just love hearing other mom uh, tips because, as you said, we're all experiencing this, um, maybe not to the extreme, but learning mm-hmm. from each other, I think, is so much more powerful than picking up a book or, uh, yes. you know, professionals are great, but moms, boy, we have like secrets that we need to spill for everybody to make it through their day. Yeah. And connecting with other moms, you just don't feel like lonely. You can read all these books, but there's, there's there's still that lonely factor. 
that comes into play because you're like, okay, I need to find someone else out there that's experiencing this through me. I can read all these experts that are telling me to do X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't matter if you just, if you feel like you're by yourself and you don't have anyone else that's sharing the same type of experience you're going through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I find that I'm reading those books, but I'm alone when I'm reading those books. And that seems yes. so counterintuitive to it parenting. Is. No, it <laughs> like, totally is. I'm by for myself sure. reading it, that I should be doing this with other people. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. So can you just yeah. share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. I always love to start with like a power punch um, experience because I think yes. people me too, but we really want to know who Marie Jackson is. Yes. Who are you? What do you do? And more about your kid. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a mom of three. We, our oldest is six. She'll be almost seven and then have a boy who just turned four and our youngest girl is 18 months. So I am now home with our kids and prior to that was working full-time with the other two and then when I had a third um, ended up staying at home and I've had an organizing blog for a few years now and now now that I'm home been able to focus on that a lot more and my goal with that blog is to empower women to get organized so you can hmm live in a home as stress-free as possible when right. you, when you can, you know, come home and have things, a home that it makes it easy to manage you. this way. It's not, you're not worrying about it. So you can enjoy the moments in your home together. So that's you what you I don't live doing. in Austin. <laughs> I would hire you daily. <laughs> so that is my goal. It's been my passion is for as long as I can. Um, can remember that I've been organizing. And so, and now with our daughter, um, after her diagnosis with, um, and so she was diagnosed, it was in February with ADD. And now I learned actually at her, uh, just her uh, annual exam this past year, uh, this fall, is that it's actually, even though she was classified as ADD, they've taken that terminology away and it's just ADHD. So there's like one big umbrella. Okay. So she was, she was diagnosed with that. And through her diagnosis, uh, it's been an interesting journey because really one of the telltale signs that I knew something was not right was her chronic disorganization hmm. to the point where it was like bombs were going off in her room. And I'm going, how in the world is this possible? I'm like, everything's labeled and <laughs> it should be going right back in the spot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, um, interesting so that's, sign. yeah, so it's been, it's been an interesting journey with her, uh, and her diagnosis, uh, after, honestly, after her diagnosis, it's just everything I felt instant relief. Cause I'm like, I am not a crazy person. And I'm like, cause I just, for the longest time, like things are, I'm like, we're not, we're moving in different directions here. And she is, she's a very sweet, compassionate and like loving and thoughtful, caring little girl. But she also has the other side of her where she's extremely emotional, uh, stubborn, and she can just get very, very angry. And Mm -hmm. so it's balancing all of those traits and those umbrellas, you know, with her and kind of figuring out how to keep moving her down the path of her great traits and figuring out how to help her manage the ones where that makes things a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Do you have some tools that you use to support her in helping manage that, that she has found works really well for her? Maybe toys, books, I would guess probably some organization (laughs) training as well. (laughs) So we, so I really actually, I've gotten her involved more in the process now because I've realized that she, she's very independent and she likes to do things on her own. So, Uh um, 
I have these dresser drawers up in her room because she's got her dolls that she plays with. And I was trying to figure out what to do with them. I'm like, you know, these would be good storage for her. And I actually had gotten some colored labels that had come. And she was really into wanting to make these labels. She goes, I want to put, and she came up with the idea, which I was, I was like, all right, I'm proud of you. Like this, this, we're moving in the right direction here. And so she had names of her dolls and she's like, I want to put a label on the drawer for each doll. I'm like, that's a great idea. And I said, I've got different colors here. And she, she picked out each different color that she wanted to do for that drawer. And then with the label maker was able to type in, you know, I helped her with the letters, like uh-huh. typing them in and having her print it off and, and then putting it on the drawer itself and getting her involved, involved in that process has really helped her manage that a little bit more now. So her room's not as crazy. And yeah. I had to learn to simplify things. Like I, you know, I like things certain ways and have umpteen amount of labels and that sort of thing. And I really had to scale that back, especially mm-hmm. with her. So it was, it was about now just kind of making, you know, kind of turning her bedroom to make it like her own apartment per se. Mm. And like teaching her that when people come to visit, you know, you want to have a clean place. So if I come into your room, you want to kind of have your room clean and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And so it was just kind of getting her involved and teaching her that, where things go and how the order should be. So like she wanted to put this one doll at the bottom, but the bottom drawer, excuse me, at the, at the top, and, but it wouldn't work because the top drawer was smaller than the bottom drawer. So it was just teaching her, I'm like, all right, well, and she was getting all frustrated. I'm like, well, sweetie, what if we just put it down at the bottom drawer? She's like, oh, that will work. And hmm. she kind of just changed out the label from there. And so that was, that's one thing that's really helped her. And then another thing has, that's helped her is actually having her books organized by color and that has helped her out great a ton do you find that she thinks of life in that kind of organizational pattern she picks out colors and remembers things based on the color of it yes yeah yeah she she really i mean she loves rainbows and and having it set up like a, a rainbow is it's just very easy for her to identify in it. Yeah. And it's taken that ownership back for her to put the books away. Cause it's like one less thing. Okay. That I have to worry about doing now. I'm like, okay, well you can put it away. Cause it's not like you have to alphabetize them. I'm right. like, you know, your colors so yeah. you can, and, and it, and she does it. And, and even our son is, is now kind of catching on to it too for his room. So it, and, and he's not diagnosed with ADHD. So it's, you know, something that I think that works well for kids right. of all sorts of ages. Right. But it helps organize everything within her little mind. Absolutely. And follow that through physically when she's picking yep. out a book or putting a book back. That's, yep. ooh, that's a great little tip there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. So how about resources for you as a parent of mm-hmm. a child with ADHD? Do you have any, you know, <laughs> do you yeah. have any resources <laughs> that you fall into or that you are just dipping your toes into? Yeah. So I, I, I love to read and it's kind of funny in my adult years that I'd say that I love to read now because <laughs> even five years ago, I wouldn't say that I was even much of a reader, but now, and now after her diagnosis is trying to find as much information as possible and reading and reading the books and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely gotten into reading books. Um, the other actually resource that I use, um, there's two of them, two websites. So there's the attitude magazine 
Um, it's an ADD website dedicated, and it's for not just kids, but parents and adults and things of okay. that nature. So it's an excellent resource there. And then the other one that I've really gotten into a lot is um, Positine Parenting Solutions. And that website has been wonderful and loaded with great information. So I try to use a mix of those and check those out to just different parenting techniques and things of that nature that have been really helpful. Oh, those are good ones to keep in the back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's one that I get a lot of people asking mm -hmm. me about. How do you handle it? And maybe you haven't experienced this, but how do you handle it if other people around you just don't quite understand how your child, um, how to respond with your child or to your mm -hmm. child? Or maybe they're telling you, you need to discipline this way. You need to do the mm -hmm. X, Y, Z because they just don't understand mm -hmm. the concept to wrap their head around ADHD. Mm -hmm. Do you have anybody in your life like that? And then how do you handle that with your little one? Or maybe not. And you just... I've seen that in public. I, you know, I really haven't come across a scenario yet where someone has said like parenting X, Y, Z this way with her or get her to, to do this. So I, I have okay. just been you know, grateful from that standpoint that I haven't been in a scenario where I have, to, have had to kind of defend her. Yeah. Um, per se. So mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing that's really coming to mind yet. Not to say that it won't ever happen. Um, I, you know, definitely now that after the diagnosis, I, I'm way more upfront about it too. I mean, I let, you know, her coach, yeah. her soccer coach and her teacher know, you know, immediately like, Hey, this is, she has this diagnosis and, and I, and, it, and honestly, she doesn't even know she has it. Like right. I don't, she doesn't, and I don't want her to know it like that because I don't want her to be, you know, putting a label on her and right. that sort of thing. It's just, for, for other parents to know and understand that her brain doesn't work like every, you know, right. everyone else's and her focus, her staying focused is, is hard for her. And this way it just, it helps them in terms of coaching because it's, it's different how you coach a, a child with ADHD than one that's not. Mm -hmm. that's and and nice. teaching too. Right, right. Any scenario, really. You're setting yeah. her up to have success versus frustration and exactly. a meltdown in, at the end mm -hmm. of it all. Mm -hmm. And you're setting up success for the adult that's also um, with her and whatever exactly. form be helping. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So what common myths about children with ADHD do you find you hear a lot? Because I, I feel like I'm always hearing whispering, well, that's ADHD or that's mm -hmm. autism or that, you know, people say mm -hmm. this and you go, well, I don't know. So as somebody who has a child with this diagnosis, do you have any mm -hmm. myths that you hear and go, mm, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, the one that really comes to mind is uh, that they're like misbehaved children and that they're mm -hmm. like bad kids. Yeah. And and that is just not the case at all. I mean, they, their brains are wired differently. Mm -hmm. And just because they have some type of outburst or they're, they're very defiant on something doesn't mean that they're a bad kid or that they have bad parents. And mm -hmm. I, there is that myth of that they're just, well, need to discipline them more or, or that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. that's not the case when it comes down to it is that they're, they just, their brains are wired differently and it's about figuring out how to connect with them and teach them these moments that they have that are that where they struggle. Yeah. That's the, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you're right. That is a myth that <laughs> they're just bad kids. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so are there things that you're trying with her now? Is she on special diets? Do you have to just mm -hmm. consistently stay with your rhythm every day? Yep. And are there daily things that you have to do with her specifically? Yeah. So we, um, yeah. So when, after her diagnosis, we actually cut out dairy okay. and we've really kind of cut out processed foods. Were these choices um, or were you educating yourself and finding that this really seems to have a, um, some kind of tie to ADHD? Yeah, yes. Uh, edu educating ourselves. So after okay. her diagnosis, um, we eliminated the, the dairy aspect of it because that seemed to be a common thing. Mm -hmm. And then really the processed foods. And we didn't have a whole lot of processed foods, but just being much more mindful of it. Yeah. And, um, and then the high fructose corn yeah. syrup. That was one that we really cut out. So now like she, she doesn't still, she, she's gotten better at it. But like the first time we gave her like real maple syrup, she's like, <laughs> I don't like this. And I'm like, it's healthier for you. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it was changing out just some of those things. And, and, and she's still challenging in terms of like getting her to eat. Like she only will eat apples and bananas and that's it. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I packed grapes for her in her lunch today. I'm like, and yesterday she came home, she didn't eat them. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be packing you grapes again. You're going to be eating the grapes. I'm like, you, it's not just these two. I'm like, there's a lot of other fruits out there and we got to kind of expand this a little bit. I'm like, her pediatrician said we got to expand our fruits and vegetables umbrella, you know? Yeah. So just kind of um, working on those things. So those, the diet thing, we, we changed out almost immediately. Yeah. That's kind of a great starting point because it's, I mean, you go to the grocery store and you can change it instantly. Not that it's comfortable, but you can change right. it. Right. Right. Exactly. Do you guys do any kind of supplementations or is she on any meds or are you just- She is not on medication. So we chose to stay away from that. Okay. Uh, she is taking um, daily vitamin and then we actually just got a supplement from her uh, doctor's appointment that she recommended that she start taking as well. So we're going to be- um, implementing that one into her mm -hmm. daily routine. So, you know, and the other things that we do for her daily routine that I've realized is that I, we have to give her one task at hand. Uh. If we give her two or three, it is, it's not going to happen. Huh. And, and, and I still have to catch myself in my parenting with what, how much I'm asking her to do. Even today, this morning, it was, okay, Avery, have you made your bed? Okay. No. Have you brushed your teeth? No. I'm like, okay, go make your bed and brush your teeth. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. So then I had to stop and I'm like, okay, I need to ask her to do one thing first. Huh. And I'm like, all right, just go make your bed, make your bed. And then let me know when you're done. And so it's really about just giving her one task. And that's what we try to really focus on in the morning is making sure, you know, she's not gotten herself and she's gotten better now of getting herself dressed and that part out of the way. And then just asking her, has she done it? And then if she hasn't done something, then just asking her to do that one thing to get that done. That's a great, that's a great advice for, that's great advice for any parent, <laughs> even more for this, because you're right, the staying on task, ooh, it's like driving a car without actually moving yes. the steering wheel. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So like even this morning, she was holding her little sister and I had asked her to put her jammies away in her room. And I had, asked her twice. And then I looked at her and she was still holding her. So I'm like, all right, well now I know why she's not doing it. I'm like, can you please put her down and put your uh -huh. jammies away? Because she uh -huh. was distracted by the one other task that she was doing yes. and needed to be 
she needs to have complete focus when she's to get something done. And it's about eliminating that distraction so she can focus on the task at hand that needs to be done. So almost like finalizing something before she can go on to something else. Exactly. Simply enough to just put the baby down. Now put your pajamas away. Oh, exactly. That's That's a really good tip. Yep. So once you got the diagnosis, how did you bring that to the school? Do you have any advice or tips mm-hmm. when you're presenting this to a school or maybe people who are questioning if their child has this, how they should work with the school? Yes. Yeah, so I would definitely reach out with, to your you know, teacher first and mm-hmm. you know, figure out what's, what's, how things are going on there because I, I knew something wasn't right here. And you know, I thankfully had an, a friend here that was um, a teacher as well that mm-hmm. was able, that wasn't in the same school system. So it was in a different school system and had been an elementary teacher as well. So she's had experience with it and I've kind of bounced things off of her and had, and she had also suggested, she's like, do you want my recommendation? I'm like, yes, please. She's like, I would get her tested. I'm like, okay. okay. And so I had that resource um, at hand. So if, you know, if you're out there trying questioning it, you know, ask around if, you know, maybe to find some other teachers first, if you're looking for like an outside opinion of friends through friends of things of that nature, because mm-hmm. they do have experience with this, especially teachers that have been teaching for 10 years. Right. So, and so what I did was I reached out to her teacher and I just said, Hey, this is what's been going on at home. Like, well, how are things at school? And, and in so many ways, she basically confirmed what I had been suspecting that she did <laughs> have it. it ADHD, but you know, she couldn't say it in so many ways because then the school is held liable for it. And she, and she's just, just trust your gut. And if you, you feel that you should check her out, I would go get her checked out. Okay. And so I took that recommendation from that. And after that went and saw her pediatrician. Okay. And then do they bring, are you bringing documentation to school to help or is she still too little for all the accommodations? So she, so we had a, um, meeting with the school uh after it and it was right towards the end of school the school year so we by the time you know you go back from the emails and the doctor's appointments and then getting yeah. this, everything scheduled to finally get the meeting scheduled to figure out you know her she was diagnosed with it in february but by the time we got all the things done with school and everything it was end of it was beginning of may before we were able to really institute anything so we were able to give her some brain breaks um after we had our meeting and at that point, there was only about a month left to school. So it wasn't a whole lot of time yet. Mm-hmm. And, and now for this upcoming school year, um, we haven't had to put anything in place yet uh, with how things are going, but it's on the radar. And if we need to go that route, then we certainly, certainly will. What are brain breaks? Can you explain that? So brain breaks are just basically coming into the classroom and kind of taking her out for a little bit just to kind of get her brain some rest from all the activities of, uh, that's been going on because her brain tends to get more stimulated than other kids that don't have it. So we're moving her from the situation to just kind of center, refocus everything. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Wow. I love that. Oh, maybe at home. That's a good one to. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Absolutely. Asks, like, oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So is there something you wish you had known about ADHD prior to you um, experiencing this or having the diagnosis in your family, something that might have helped you out at the very beginning stages of this? I think just knowing how differently their brains are wired. And, and, I, mm-hmm. and it's hard to say that 
that I wish I knew. It, it's hard to see that I wish I had known that because now that I have the diagnosis, I get it. But now after reading all of it, it just, it just shows how, how differently they wired they are and how they yeah. think completely different. And, and putting, you know, her in the same box as her brother who, you know, that was kind of the challenge of like, they don't fall in the same box and they don't fall into the same category and just learning and understanding that piece of it is what I kind of wish I, I wish I almost had more information knowing about it prior to her diagnosis, like what an ADHD child, like what their brain is like, you know, Hmm. I'd always heard about it and you, you knew about this, but just like understanding like how they, how it's actually works that, that they, they, they just think differently. And, and now that I know this, you know, I just have completely different compassion for other kids and that it's, you know, it's a struggle. They're so young and they don't, they don't know what's going on. And, and it's just, that would have, I think helped me a lot more in terms of just being more patient about things. Mm, that's really, you said that it gives you compassion towards other kids. That's really, that's really nice because, mm-hmm. you know, as a parent observing other children, you, you wonder, you think all the time and yeah. compare to your child, but it does give you another view as to maybe why that kid is losing it in the middle of the grocery store. or Exactly. And probably gives you the, the compassion and the empathy and the me oh. too with the mother. <laughs> of course. There, yeah. Of Learning course. their brain is wired differently. Did you, um, did your pediatrician provide information for you kind of to get you started? Is that where you... I should ask, actually, is that where you had your diagnosis? And then, yeah, so the diagnosis was done through the pediatrician. Okay. Um, Yep. And then from there, and then just providing different resources. And then after that, you know, a lot of it does fall on yourself. Like Mm -hmm. we, we live in different times now than when we grew up where we, you had more people, you know, people would be more, you know, back in the day that the school would have come to me and said, we think something's wrong. Right, right. That, that's not the case anymore. And you really have to be the advocate for your child. And that's what I've learned to realize is that they're not going to do anything unless you do something. And mm-hmm. it's really just having to kind of put more on your shoulders. And, and it's hard because you already do enough, but as it is, and it's like, gosh, how do I put another thing on my plate? But it's really just being taking the resources that you know, they provide you and just educating yourself on it and figuring out what's going to work for you and what might not. There's this fine line with the school supporting exactly, and yet exactly. not supporting you because they do, there's so much behind the scenes. They can yep. Risk. yep. There totally is. Yeah. And then you, and then you have to empower yourself and then take yep. that into your child's care every day. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what three tips or advice would you love to give to a parent? Maybe something you wish you had somebody told you at the beginning mm-hmm. of all this or something now you go, well, yep, that's, that is definitely how I live my life. Everybody should hear this one. <laughs> you know, the, I think the first thing now is, is find an immediate connection. If, if, if you've got, your child is going through something and, it, and it's just figuring out, find a way to connect immediately or divert off of that. And that just even like, figuring out like, like, so this morning, even our daughter trying to get her to school this morning, just wasn't having it and trying to get her out the door. Like, we've got to go, we've got to go. Well, last night the, the tooth fairy came. And yeah. so she's in this defiant mode and I'm like, I'm thinking in my, and it's hard. Cause you got to learn, you got to think in the moment and you're trying to th- uh. think something fast. And that's the, the biggest challenge, all of it. And I, so then I said to her, I said, did you see the tooth fairy last night? 
And she immediately, like that wall came, I could see it in her face completely transform. And it came down. She's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, really? I'm like, gosh, she was really quiet, huh? She's like, yeah. I'm like, geez. And then she starts talking about Santa, you know, like Mm -hmm. she's just like Santa. So it was kind of just completely finding something. It's almost like just off topic and irrelevant to get their brains out of that just crazy mode. And, and so that would be my, my first tip is just find some type of connection where it's just, it might be completely off the walls, right? Like something else, find that connection just to get them back down to ground zero and then get back into that, you know, parenting moment that, that you need to have. Right. So I definitely would do that. Um, I would also advise take a break and get some rest because mm. it can be exhausting and an emotionally toll. And when you don't have sleep and you're sleep deprived, it just, it just a snowball effect. So take the breaks and get the rest that you need. If it's even going to bed 30 minutes earlier or something of that nature, because when you're not well rested, you just, you're not your best self. So that would be my second tip. And my third tip would be to, you keep trying until something clicks. And for us, it was, there's two phrases for us that work very well that we have figured out that, that connect with her. And so one of them is if she's in a moment, I'm like, all right, self-control. And I'll say self-control. If she's getting all upset, that phrase sticks with her because she's got to learn self-control. I'm like, okay, self-control, hmm. self-control. And I'll keep saying it a few times. And when she's calmed down, then we kind of talk about it, but it's teaching her to be, keep her emotions in check and having self-control. So that phrase has worked for us. And the other one that has worked really well is look at me. So when I'm speaking to her, I'm like, look at me and she'll look away. I'm like, look at me. And I will continuously say it, but she'll look back at me. And that's how I'm able to know that she's paying attention. And so those are the two things that have worked and that might not be the the exact phrases that might work for someone else, but finding those phrases and just keep going until something clicks because something will click eventually. And it's just, it's trial and error figuring out what will work for you. Right. Those are good ones. Yeah. That probably focuses her back down by using just the same words every time. Yes, exactly. The brain is muscle. It's all memory. And so exactly. Get it to remember, oh, right, I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z when I hear this. Yeah. That can bring her back. Those are, that's really great advice. And those yep. are tips that I think we could all use. Oh, taking care of yourself, resting. Ooh. Yeah, I know. And it's so hard. It's, it's so, so hard. Important. It's so important. And with a child with ADHD, as you had mentioned previously or earlier on, that you have to just do one thing at a time and kind of finalize that and then move on to the next thing. Exactly. And yet as parents, we're always like, okay, go, 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 go. Yep. To yep. stop that moment in time for them and then to stop that moment in time for ourselves and give ourselves exactly. the 30 minutes or 40 minutes, go take a nice long walk or take a bath, whatever your yep. little coping mechanism is. So those are, exactly. that's a great, great um piece of advice there. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share as a mom at a child like this that maybe we didn't cover something, something big or small? Um, You know, just uh, give yourself grace too. Hmm. Uh, It's, it's hard. And when you have a child that does have ADHD, it's, you know, they're going to, there's going to be high and low moments. And I think recognizing that because in a world that we live in, it's like, it's not going to be perfect every single day. And there's, and, and just realize that there is going to be a bad day and figure out how to 
turn that into a positive and just to, and give yourself grace. That's what it comes back down to is just to realize that you're doing your best. And if you're doing your best and you're doing the right things, it, it's all going to, it will all come together. I think that circles back around to having these other moms within your life that you can parent yep. with because yep. they're going to, they're going to have the same scenario. Well, not same scenarios. We have similar scenarios and they're exactly. going to, you're, you're giving them grace. You go, Oh yeah, me too. I've been there. It's okay, mom. But you have yeah. to, to accept that on your end of things as well and see that. Exactly. Exactly. So much harder when it's, you turn the mirror around and look at your own self though. <laughs> exactly. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Without a well, doubt. Thank you so much, Marie. I love this. I've learned some tips and I'm excited to implement this, not just with my son, but my, my daughter, who I'm pretty sure is on <laughs> writing that ADHD scale. <laughs> I just haven't gotten her in to be checked, but I, I could see it in her. And I know 100% yeah. my son has this as well. So I, I learned some things from you today. Thank oh, you. well, I'm glad it could be of help. And I really appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to me today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you like. Have somebody you'd like me to interview and ask those nitty gritty questions to? I'm ready for it. And hey, while you're at it, share this episode with somebody you think might benefit from hearing about it. And guess what, imperfect parent? Parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking at this parenting journey. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey.